Welcome to the Piano Whisperer Podcast. We invited pianists to unfold the full potential of our instruments, to get inspired by our transition and also magical sound, to visit our manufacturing and to test play our instruments at our selection hall. We work together with some of the world's best pianists during our development process. We wanted to share our impressions, energies, ideas and inspirations. And at the same time, we want to learn and adjust to further fulfill the pianist's demands and also dreams. So it's not only the pianists who need a piano. Yeah, We as a manufacturer need the pianists to awake our instruments. Otherwise, they just would be furniture. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Piano Whisperer. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to offer a special thanks to Classic Pianos for sponsoring this podcast. My name is Ben Klinger, and I am thrilled to have with me today Sabina Grubmuller, Managing Director of the world-renowned Viennese piano manufacturer, Bissendorfer. Over the years, Ms. Grubmuller has held several leading positions with Austrian manufacturing companies, including positions in sales, marketing, administration, and finance. She received her master's degree in economics and business administration. She joined Busendorfer in 2008 as director of administration. In 2011, she became director of finance and administration. And in 2015, she became managing director of the entire Busendorfer organization. Savina, welcome. Nice to hear you, Ben. Thank you for the opportunity. Such a privilege to have you. And so when we begin these podcasts, I often like to have the listeners get a little bit of information about you. And so if you could tell us about your early life with music and your career trajectory, that would be wonderful. As an Austrian, you grow up with Bösendorfer everywhere. You have these pianos in the schools, at private homes, at concert halls, if you go to festivals, and even every day in the TV. So you see them in the TV. So, of course, I'm not a talented piano player, but I really love this instrument and I enjoy very much listening. As a professional, I always looked for interesting and exciting projects. So I decided to work as a generalist and I learn as much as possible. So this led me to study economics and corporate management. And so that's how it came that I <laughs> joined a Bösendorfer. Hmm. It's so funny because with Bissendorfer, you know, you say they're everywhere in Austria, but really the production levels are so low. It's a small country, right? And so after several years of manufacturing, you really have that presence where in the United States, a, a larger country, we, we just don't see them as much and they're much more, more rare. In your video interview with NAM, you said your position of managing director provides a chance to develop the company and shape the brand. Can you tell us a little bit about your vision to that end? I think most important is to work out a vision for a company. And then you have to find the best strategies and tactics to steer the company in this direction. So companies are like super tankers. So this requires, of course, an experienced and coordinated team and also very skilled staff. So this challenge to make our vision come true, this is what drives us all here. And we work so hard to be successful. And me personally, I like to work with people to develop 
individual talents, to create open team spirits, to share and pass on our knowledge and also the skills to the next generations. So this is my personal aspect. But then there is, of course, also the cultural aspect. Since more than 190 years, Bösendorfer pianos were and are still today a very essential part of development of both, on the one hand, the instruments themselves and also the history of the music here in Vienna. So you have been here two years ago. You could see that Vienna live and uh, breath music everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All the great composers and pianists of former times lived here and worked here in Vienna. And that makes Vienna and the Viennese music culture so important and I think outstanding in the music industry worldwide. So I feel it is my duty and a great honor at the same time to develop further our pianos and our brand. And I'm convinced that with offering this unique sound experience yeah, to artists, piano music enthusiasts, so Bösendorfer one day will be present at all main stages and at all should also be at all music institutions and in many, many more private homes all over the world. Mm. Well, in more than one interview, you've mentioned the value of innovation. And Busendorfer is an old world manufacturing company, yet you're using an incredible amount of technology today in the modern environment. Is this what you mean by innovation? And can you tell us how old world craftsmanship and technology align? Oh, this fits perfectly. <laughs> Our founder, Ignaz, and also his son, Ludwig, they already they were very passionate about building the best piano possible at their time. They were so convinced that a piano should at the one side not only satisfy on a technical and mechanical level, but should inspire artists as well as the audience. They should be pleased to listen to and their target. These are ours at the same time. So we do the same here now. We think that quality is a journey and not a destination. There are, of course, the requirements of the market. Better than just to fulfill this is to create and offering something even better. So there is uh, what we can say in remaining true to our precious heritage. We also need to continue to set new standards in sound and also in artistic expression. That does not exclude each other. It supports each other, I think. Our grand pianos and pianos are pieces of art because they require more than 500 hours of craftsmanship even more with design models, and at the same time, precision is required. Hundreds of millimeter accuracy, and for this we use the latest technological developments, you know. We developed Vienna Concert Technology. We launched the 280VC, our new concert grants, three years ago. So this is an advancement of our traditional resonance case principle, but as well as the fine redesign of our action string scaling and also the entire acoustical settings. So just to name some fractions of the inventions to further perfect the sound of our grand pianos. So to meet the demands of the 21st century. Another example is the edition Disclavier Inspire Pro with all the features. It's a player and recording system and many, many more. Yeah? So we need both. Yeah, yeah. That's a great explanation. You know, you mentioned this earlier, and I'm going to recap a little bit, but one of the profound realizations I, I had after visiting Vienna in 2017 was that you truly cannot 
understand Bissendorfer adequately without understanding Vienna's history. And as you mentioned, no other city is defined by music the way Vienna is. And Bissendorfer, it emerged in the midst of this music city, this incredible music city, during also a rich time in music history. So the piano is infused innately with this powerful Viennese DNA. And you touched on it earlier, but just to provide sort of a mental imagery for the listeners, you know, Vienna's music history, composers like Mozart, Beethoven, Franz Schubert, Liszt, Mahler, Rachmaninoff, they all lived there. And that's just to name just a few. And pianists like Anton Rubinstein and Arthur Schnabel and Paderewski, these guys were all at one time part of the Viennese music scene. And so it's so rich and lush. In fact, as I understand it, the year Bissendorfer was founded, Schubert was actually buried next to Beethoven. And also, as I understand it, Ignaz Bissendorfer became close friends with them, or with Liszt Liszt and Anton Rubinstein. So how does all of this history impact Bissendorfer today? You know, the Bösendorfers, Ignaz and Ludwig, always kept very close relations and friendship with the artists. So you mentioned Beethoven. So, for example, Karl Czerny, himself a student of Ludwig Beethoven, he owned a Bösendorfer. This was from 1836. And his most famous student was Franz Liszt. And Franz Liszt preferred Bösendorfer to any other instrument, also for its stability. So I think this beautiful and reliable pianos inspired him to his pieces. And so it went on. It's from generation to generation. The composers and pianists fell in love with our instruments. And so we survived all the centuries. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned Liszt. And so tell us, this is a famous story, but tell us how Bissendorfer became famous overnight in 1838. Oh, it is very well known that not every piano stood the passionate and virtuoso player of the composer and artist Franz Liszt. He was very young and recommended by his friend, he selected a Bösendorfer grant for one of his concerts in Vienna. And due to the excellent crafting and due to our quality, to the Bösendorfer quality, Liszt does not have to hold, or did not have to hold back his artistic spirit. Yeah, He had such a powerful play and he had a surprise. The audience was thrilled by the sound and they made Bösendorfer famous overnight. And I think this was also a beginning of the close friendship and many more concerts of Franz Liszt on Bösendorfer pianos. And our piano was the only one that withstood his power. You know, Liszt wrote then to Bösendorfer that the perfection of a Bösendorfer exceeds his wildest expectations. Wow, what a statement. Now, tell us about the culture in Vienna at that same time, 1838-ish, when the imperial government was rather restrictive, forcing social life to take place behind closed doors. This had quite an impact and a change on the culture, didn't it? Yes, of course, because Vienna was the center of composing and performing music at that time. And at the same time, the piano was developed to the main instrument of the Western musical culture. And I think at that time, Vienna was also the center of piano making. There were around 150 workshops to serve the needs of the nobility's households and the first small concert stages. So... Pianos at this time, it was the, the period was called Viennese Biedermeier, were the instrument of entertainment at private homes. And yeah, you mentioned it, there were the governmental restrictions. And so there took place private salon concerts and gathering exclusive events. So they were held to tributes to the local artists and composers, and they provided high class amusement at private homes. And the piano had a major role in these salons. 
So there were also more than, I think, 380 piano makers yeah, in these workshops in Vienna. And 1828, when the company was founded, Ignaz had produced just a few pianos. But a few years later, he had already produced 200 instruments yeah, in 1835. And he won numerous medals at world exhibitions. And also he got the title as Imperial and Royal Piano Purveyor to the court from the emperor at that time. That's amazing. Now, we're going to fast forward to the present. I'll open with a quote that I took from your MMR magazine interview, which you kind of touched on earlier too, but this is a, a quote which you attribute to Gustav Mahler. Tradition is not to preserve the ashes, but passing on the flame. I really was struck by that. And I feel personally that that is what you're doing today. And so here's another quote from the same article that I feel also embodies this mission that you're on. You say, quote, we are obliged to continuously prove that we can meet the demands of today's extremely sophisticated artists and highly selective audiences. We have embraced change and modern engineering in order to refine the traditional art of piano manufacturing, end quote. And you touched on that earlier also, but for the listener's sake, from a construction and design standpoint, can you tell us how Bösendorfer differs from all of the others? Yeah, I would love to do. So I talked about this earlier, it's the residence case principle. So contrary to all the other manufacturers, Bösendorfer constructs the instruments concentrating on the use of spruce wood. More than 80% of this wood, and this is ideal for instruments, you can find in the Bösendorfer pianos. So you can imagine it's very similar in principle to a violin, where the whole body, not exclusively the soundboard, supports the sound formation. So the actual core of the piano rim consists of, I think, 10 millimeter quarter sound piece that is specially grooved by our craftsmen to allow it to be bent to the silhouette around the inner rim. So this is unique to Bösendorfer. So when you play a note, the integrated spruce components become acoustically active and they form a complete resonating body. So this supplies the outstanding richness of our tonal color and I think our legendary poor and brilliant sound. This very complex construction is part of the Viennese tradition of piano making, and you can find it in no other piano. But this all is supported, of course, uh, our natural wood we use, the open pin block for the tonal stability, our hand-spun bass strings, single stringing, yeah, and so on and so on. Yeah, our Bösendorfer action. And all of the materials that you use come from Europe, right? Exactly. The wood is from the Austrian Alps, and all the other material is from Austria and Germany, in fact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned this earlier, also the Vienna Concert Series, and we talked about the Concert Series technology, but can you tell us about the new line of pianos? I have played them many times, and I am astonished by the clarity and the dynamic range and the lyricism and all those things. But can you tell us what makes them different than the non-Vienna concert series pianos? 
Yes, you know, times change. As I said, 190 years ago, they were they started to build small concert stages, yeah, with maybe 80 listeners or 200, yeah, in, in this direction. But now, nowadays, you have concert halls with 4,000 seats, for example. You have to provide your grants to festivals where there is just an enormous tent <laughs> you perform, yeah. So everything has changed, and you always have to think how you can develop further your instruments. So, And I think it took also today's technology to be able to model a Bösendorf for offering the performance required for those concert stages. Yeah, But at the same time, we wanted anyway to preserve the unique Bösendorfer sound characteristics. And so with this new technology, with the Vienna concert technology, we can now offer this choice. So we use elements like a more flexible soundboard and a duplex scale to make the piano easier accessible for today's pianists and the listening habits, thus offering a strong Viennese alternative for the concert stage and also teaching studios. Yeah? So Sir Andre Schiff is amongst the most distinguished advocates of this new, but still fully authentic Bösendorfer sound. Also quite many others. So Lisica Trifonov, Rubalkawa and many more. Mm-hmm. It's one voice from top to bottom, and it's, it's just glorious. Can you tell us what experience and training is required to work on Bizendorf for pianos in the factory? First of all, you need piano builders. <laughs> it involves an apprenticeship of three and a half years. And depending on the individual talent, these young piano builders then can develop further in their technical career, either in the manufacturing itself as craftsmen, as a technician, voicing, tuning the manufactured instruments, or even as a concert technician, working in the field, at private homes or at venues, doing recordings. So to develop the career to product designer, yeah? like, you know, some of my colleagues, you can work as an artist relation manager, you can go to, to the sales department. So it is even possible to <laughs> uplift your career as a technical director. So this all flexibility, I think, is the key. And of course, yeah, the personal engagement and commitment, the dedication to quality, inspiration, you have to show your will to continue learning and, and take responsibilities in our piano manufacturer. Beside that, we need also carpenters, cabinet makers, metal workers, very important, electricians, or yeah, and, and many other professions. So they're involved in the piano crafting. And in terms of the piano crafting itself, the folks working in the factory building the pianos, how many people do you have working on the instruments at this time? Can you share that information? Yeah, working on the instruments are, are around 80 people. 80 people, okay. 80 people. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. And when you visit, you can feel the passion and the understanding of the history so profoundly. I've been to a lot of factories and I've never felt it as strongly as I have at Bösendorfer. And I love all of the emphasis on musicality that you bring to the piano, which I know is deeply ingrained in this culture, in this company culture. In one of your, your interviews, you mentioned that the VC series is about removing any obstacle between the artist and their imagination. And I've dwelled on the, the word imagination since I read that quote, because it is really about trying to realize the imagination and bring it to fruition tonally. And so I, I love that. And on the website, you're quoted as saying, music without any doubt is one of the few languages that does not rely on any translation 
immediately understood by the human soul. It captivates moments of unity. It is an honor to dedicate ourselves to this very human element of life. And I love that also because when you are in a concert witnessing greatness, everyone at the same time, regardless of all of our backgrounds, we recognize that. And there is a unity that happens in that inspirational moment. It's, it's super cool. And so I wanted to share that. And so with that in mind, though, in 2008, when Yamaha acquired Bussendorfer, given those hugely different cultural differences, different cultural differences, I guess that uh, works. <laughs> Many of us in the industry were curious at what kind of effect this would have on Bussendorfer. A lot of us thought it was a huge leap to have a Japanese company own Bussendorfer. And that's not to show any disrespect for Yamaha at all. I have great respect for them, but it's such a leap to have a Japanese company own Bussendorfer. And as I understand it, though, in how this came about, there was quite a bit of early history between Yamaha and Vienna long before this acquisition. Can you talk about that? First of all, I would like to say that Yamaha acquired Bösendorfer with the aim to preserve our unique heritage. Yeah? So this was really their aim. And is it till today and I think will ever be. So what you meant, it shows that Yamaha's support of the Vienna Philharmonics since the 1970s, I guess. Also there, they wanted to save the unique Viennese oboes and horns from extinction. And in 2012, Mr. Hiro Okabe from Yamaha received the keys of Vienna for this involvement in both. Yeah, it was a very nice ceremony. And the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra and Bösendorfer, we too represent the Viennese sound worldwide. And maybe the third are the Vienna Boys Choir. <laughs> yeah, the relationship developed into a very favorable partnership with Bösendorfer, preserving its full autonomy in the development and manufacturing process. But we use our synergies in sales and marketing. Yeah, that's great. There's a quote on the Bissendorfer website that I also like a lot, saying essentially that both Yamaha and Bissendorfer are, quote, conscious and cautious about the precious heritage Bissendorfer is carrying and that the Austrian manufactory remains fully independent and continues to operate as a separate Austrian company. So, How do you see Yamaha's support and influence in your piano making today? Together, Yamaha at Bösendorfer, we leverage experience of more than 300 years in piano building. <laughs> and I think together we want to conquer stages and the hearts of the piano music professionals, enthusiasts and also admirers. Yeah? Already now for 11 years, we work together. So I think There are many new opportunities elaborated and conducted together throughout the global Yamaha network. We share the same value of continuous evolution and also uncompromising quality. So in 2008, we started our collaboration. So still today, the local production remains unchanged, 100% made in Austria. We have also our sustainability performs quite well and we have just local suppliers. And as I said, the synergy of sales and marketing helped to improve our profits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But having been in the industry myself for almost 25 years and as a professional musician before that, having watched the evolution of both of these companies has been remarkable. There is no doubt that the pianos being built today are the best ever and super enjoyable. But a lot of people ask me this, and I, I do have an answer, but I'd love to hear yours, which is why create two great concert grants? Why both a CFX and a 280VC? 
So my understanding is that competition, even in your own family, <laughs> helps to keep going. And this is very important for every company. But now, seriously, diversity. Bösendorfer represents the Viennese sound and the Viennese tradition of piano building. Yamaha pianos represent, for me, perfect technique, distinctive sound. Yeah, this can be characterized as precise, bright, clear, powerful, assertive. The Viennese sound. I think we are following the traditional and sophisticated Viennese tradition of piano crafting and I would like to characterize it by an incredible warm, yeah, present bass and a brilliant treble and unsurpassed in richness of dynamics and colors. Mm -hmm. Yep, they fit like a glove, right? You've got two different, distinctly different instruments. And, and the 280VC also, from what I understand, is really about the preservation of Vienna, right? And the Viennese sound, which is distinctly different. And the Vienna concert is also quite good now for the uh, for the entire repertoire, not just classical music, also romantic music, even jazz, yeah, and and also contemporary music, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely. Another quote. I know I'm quoting you. I don't know how you're feeling about that. I've done some research. <laughs> so another quote I love of yours, also from the MMR magazine interview, which is this quote. Whether we are by an artist's side at our facility throughout the day-long selection of the piano or meeting with them at a concert hall, exclusivity cannot be measured in numerical terms, but rather in only the most precious currency, time. We are dedicated to achieving and preserving both freedom of expression and personal attention for pianists throughout the world, end quote. Now, you know, nobody talks that way today. The most precious currency, time. And, you know, I've been through myself some significant life occurrences, and I completely resonate with that. And when you visit the factory and you see the time coinciding with the passion and the desire to get it perfectly, that really does embody Bösendorfer. And really, truly, no one talks this way today. And, and it is what causes the inspiration behind the pianos, I believe, the time that coincides with the desire to do things the way they need to be done. And you're spending time with the artists and, and listening to them and adjusting based on the feedback that you're getting. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So what would you like the world to know about Bösendorfer that we have not already discussed? I think for me, diversity is very important. So it is a treasure for creativity, at all levels, yeah, it's an essential part of our lives. So nature shows us in its wonderful species, different countries. Bösendorfer is, I think, is part of this diversity. We offer this Viennese sound, yeah, a unique sound experience. So we invited pianists to unfold the full potential of our instruments, yeah, we to get inspired by our tradition and also magical sound to visit our manufacturing and to test play our instruments at our selection hall. We work together with some of the world's best pianists during our development process. Yeah? They were helping us to build the best pianos, to invent this new Vienna concert line. And we wanted to share our impressions, energies, ideas, and inspirations. And at the same time, we want to learn and adjust to further fulfill the pianist's demands and also dreams. Yeah? So it's 
it's not only the pianists who need a piano. Yeah, We as a manufacturer need the pianists to awake our instruments. Otherwise, they just would be furniture. Yeah? So it's important for us to get them here and to learn from them and to build the best pianos. So beside this, yeah, we will open our bar during NAMM show in January and present some new models, also one very exciting design models. I'm sure you will be excited. I'm sure I will be. And how can people find out more about your pianos? Yeah, we have an authorized dealer network worldwide. So they, of course, uh, would be delighted to share also their passion for Bösendorfer. You can visit us in Austria, either at our Vienna downtown uh, Bösendorfer Salon or here at our manufacturer. It's in the south of Vienna. You can see here the birthplace of our Bösendorfer pianos. I would love to welcome you. We are present at music fairs like NAMM Show, Shanghai Music Fair, etc. But also, there are a lot of concerts all over the world, from Sir Andre Schiff, Gonzalo Rubalcaba, Valentina Lisica, Lou Lorty, Marc-André Emler, just to name a few. You just Please just go <laughs> to listen to them. But they are in the Wiener Musikverein, Konzerthaus, Berlin Philharmonie, Helsinki Musik Italo, Taipei Concert Hall, Shanghai Concert Hall. They all have Bösendorf. And of course, our website, the social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, we offer many information and impression. There is a, a news section. There is a, a journal where you can read some stories from the past to the present and so on. So I would love you to do this. Yes. And so the website, to be clear, is because we don't have umlauts here in the U.S., it's Bösendorfer's B-O-E-S-E-N-D-O-R-F-E-R, right? It's www.bösendorfer.com, I think, for the American market. Well, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful podcast. I am so grateful that you took the time to do this with me. And it's hard to coordinate because we're in different parts of the world, but what a beautiful thing that we can sit and chat. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. It was fun talking to you. <laughs> thank you for your nice questions. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. My, yeah. my privilege. And I want to thank all the listeners, too, for tuning in to Piano Whisperer. If you would like to find out more information about Piano Whisperer, or if you would like to listen to a previous podcasts, you can find them on pianowhisperer.org. That's www.pianowhisperer.org. We are also on a variety of platforms like Spotify and Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podbean. So you can find us on all of those platforms. I also want to thank Classic Pianos for sponsoring this podcast. It's a new sponsorship. Thank you so much, Classic Pianos. And again, folks, thanks so much for listening. And we look forward to talking again soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And thanks again to our sponsor, Classic Pianos, who makes these ongoing podcasts possible. To learn more about Piano Whisperer and to hear earlier broadcasts, please visit pianowhisperer.org. We would be grateful if you would take a minute to rate and review us on whatever platform you use, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Podbeam, and TuneIn. See you next time.